Hey guys, welcome to episode 198 of the podcast with the fantastic Eliza Skinner. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I loved talking with her and uh, I just can't say enough good things about her. I know I sound like a broken record sometimes when I say stuff like that, but God damn, there are some great people living in this city and other cities. Uh, so enjoy that. And then I wanted to actually dedicate this intro um, to talking about the 200th episode because one thing I would love to do, regardless of whatever else comes together, uh, is I would really love to get you guys uh, involved in um, in a more literal way. And so what I'd like to do is, if you can, uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, pop me an email just to Janet at JanetVarney.com. If you want, to give me a a particular episode and a particular anecdote, some particular part of a story that a guest is talking about or, you know, anything like that, that stood out to you for one reason or another. It can be a really personal reason or it can just be kind of a broad reason like, oh, this was inspiring or, oh, this was really funny. Um, then I'm going to go through those emails and, um, and uh, with as many of you as I can, set up uh, a way to get you recorded to actually give a soundbite yourself um, telling me that story. I just want to do that in an organized way rather than have a bunch of voice memos come into my mailbox because it'll probably clog up my uh, my email a little bit. So if I can just kind of s- set those up and know they're coming and figure it out or do a Dropbox or something like that, I will respond to each of you and, uh, and we'll figure it out. But I just want to feature some actual listener voices on uh, the 200th episode that feels like such a no-brainer and um it, it feels like it's long overdue uh because i i really feel like i'm have the best listeners in the podcast realm so um yeah just give that some thought and uh and reach out and let me know and then we'll figure that out and hopefully uh we'll be able to feature you um on that episode so uh that's it i hope you enjoy this episode i think you will and i will talk to you next time now entering Yeah, man, we've all made those. You know what I'm talking about? We've all had a few of those. Side note, speaking of bum, uh, I don't know why I didn't think about this uh, before now, but yesterday I was in the market for a fanny pack. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, A couple things that I realized. Number one, uh, apparently that they're called like festival bags or rave bags. No, I don't like that. I was on Etsy. I was like, fanny pack. And then it said like, search also festival pack, rave pack. And I was like, what? I don't no, think the festivals like a become a whole thing. Practical thing for yeah. life. It doesn't just have to be that you're like on ecstasy and you need to have both hands. It's just a new way to try to sell people stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like you right. need your festival outfit. Exactly. You right. sure you have summer clothes, but are they yeah. festival clothes? Do you not have your festival pack? Yeah, you brought you need a purse that. or backpack? No, not a purse or a backpack. Yeah, you have to have a festival. I don't think you'll be let in anymore. If... It'll just be embarrassing for you. you people know what will I be mean? like, "Oh, gross." Yeah, she doesn't have festival she pack money. Who knows where she's spending her money, but it's certainly not on festival disgusting. I mean, that's so it was just like it was kind of uncomfortable on all levels. I still ordered one. To me, that's it's an Epcot pack. 
it's that, thank you you know it's thank like you it's a may, maybe a mall walking pack it's a mall for me i'll tell you what it's a hiking pack mm-hmm. it's a uh, like walking the dog up high and needing your phone and not wanting yeah. to flop around on a hot day with a sweatshirt on mm-hmm. it's very it's just so pragmatic it's like a pragmatic choice I recognize that that has a kitsch appeal because when it was introduced, everyone was like, what? (laughs) But then when you sort of remove that element, you're like, oh, right. A thing that doesn't have to strap across your shoulder, like a thing that you just put around your waist. Got it. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't affect my, uh, my posture or back at all. Maybe it's good for when I'm doing something strenuous, Exactly. like going to Epcot, like going to nothing more strenuous. It really takes a lot out of you. You're around the world in one day. How could it not? You haven't been no, to Epcot? Never? I'm so ashamed. You should go because I feel like they're probably going to tear that down any second now. <laughs> it is not yeah, long for this world. Yeah, they're going to replace it for like Lord of the Rings land or something. It's so weird. It's so, it's like if a Vegas casino opened a science museum. I mean, this is, it's, I can't believe I haven't gone. I can believe it only because I don't, I haven't sought out reasons to go to Florida. That's oh, primary, well, that's and you're more of an East Coaster, yeah. right? You're, mm-hmm. Are you from? Where you from? Are you from Virginia. Virginia? Yeah, Virginia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that makes a little more sense because that's got to be like a three-hour flight, if if not less. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went when I was a little kid, um, but I fell asleep. Be- I went for my birthday when I was uh, like five, and I fell asleep before I got to go to the uh, around the world part. Yeah, because it yeah. was just it was all too much. I had just spent a couple days in Magic Kingdom. Uh-huh. It was, and my parents had. Um, I, they had told me that I was going for my birthday and I had lost my mind about oh, it. Yeah. So then they were like, you know what? Actually, it's not going to happen. You're not, we're not going to go this year. Holy Sorry. We'll go at some shit. point, but just like, it's not going to happen. Parents. Yeah. And then they woke me up and my mom was like, get up. We're going to the airport. And I was like, blah. And <laughs> so, like, You're still coming down <laughs> yeah. from that adrenaline rush. Yeah, and that went straight into two days at the, yeah. in the Magic Kingdom. Which or- also like, that seems like a, maybe like, don't take your kid. I mean, I could be wrong because I've never been, but as a five-year-old, mm-hmm what's gonna like be better than Disneyland I feel like the Magic Kingdom you're sort of oh yeah peak and then at Epcot why wouldn't you fall asleep yeah but that was before they had MGM or Animal Kingdom so it was just like the other thing so you're not gonna go to Disney World and not do sure, the sure. other thing but too. I almost feel like they should have taken you to Epcot so then when you got to the Magic Kingdom you would have been like I enjoyed this tour around the world now and I'm in now, Magic Land, USA. Incredible fun. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, in hindsight, maybe, or maybe just skip the whole thing. There, I mean, <laughs> so I went back a few years ago. Uh, I was working in New York and uh, on a show, and we thought we got a hiatus. And then right before the hiatus, they were like, just kidding, you're actually canceled. So oh we were like, boy. oh. Is that Kamau show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally biased. Um, and so me and the two other female writers, um, Aparna Nancherla and Janine Brito, just piled in a car. I think, yeah, I think actually, because I podcast Janine, I think maybe this is why it's yep. all starting to ring a strange yeah. bell somewhere. Yeah, so we, we toured down to the, the, the happiest tour on earth, we called it, and Fantastic. toured down there and went to Epcot. And as an adult in Epcot, it was so... I was like, "How? Who thought this was a good idea?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have rides about like fossil fuels oh, and God, so gravity. Great. Well, gravity makes sense. All rides are about gravity, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm like, the one of them is hosted by Ellen, by Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, like from before she had her talk show. So it's just her. Wow, it, it was sitcom star Ellen. Oh, sure, sure. And Disney must have just known like. This is it, it's a safe bet to Let's invest in her for this. the next 20 years. No kidding. Which is what they did. No kidding. Um, but yeah. I wonder if they would have cycled it out. But I will say this too. I feel like, um, number one, I share your fear. As soon as you said they might tear it down, I thought, you're so right that someone will say there we were like, could make more money doing X, Y, Z. There were 12 people there. Yeah. When we were even more incentive to go just, since I hate crowds. Number two, 
It, that saddens me because I feel like that is sort of one of the last bastions of this sort of World's Fair idea, mm-hmm. right? Where this was this temporary place of wonder where, you know, things you could never see elsewhere. Like, that's why it makes sense yeah. that there would be rides about science. You would be like, I learned about the inner workings of the nose, like via yeah. a roller coaster. Agriculture. There's yeah. like a lot of stuff about how seeds grow yeah. and and the the magical ocean oh, um God, yeah so it, it is and especially for nerdy kids which i think there was like a different t- i don't know i haven't been kid a, lo- a kid in a long time but i feel like there was like a di- different kind of nerdy kit like when you were a nerd when i was a kid you were into science and math right and now it's like if you're a nerd you're into game of thrones yeah right yeah so it was a great place for that to be like oh man i learned about crystals yeah. in florida yeah like, they get why i'm enthusiastic about it look epcot you know yeah. case in point epcot exists guys yeah so it's yeah. Like perfect for that totally totally um we, okay so the god i know i feel like there's eight different stories going on that i'm excited about so world's fair i'm sad yeah. because i want there to still and i think there are like i did, did I a little search at some point to see and i feel like there's nothing that is the equivalent of the chicago world fair the new york world fair um anywhere in the world really i feel like i found that there are a couple of things that are sort of like that but i think everything's become so specialized now that it's either all like you said all entertainment or all like well yes the world's fair of biology that really only scientists go to now or like the, the world art and balloon fair but was, I'm not sure there are that many like I was in that China like six years ago and they were doing something there that was kind of like yeah. it was like the World Expo. Mm-hmm, or yeah, something. an expo, an expo. Yeah, where it was but, people from all over the place. But And I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure there like, still is like that's where the Segway was introduced or something mm-hmm. like that. But it doesn't seem like it would be as like mixing the science with playfulness the way something like Epcot does. I can't believe how long I've talked about it as if we've both been together. <laughs> uh I really miss it. I really miss it. Um uh, okay, so Epcot, Magic Kingdom. <laughs> How do we get to that? Um, I don't know. Fanny We're pack. Talk- fanny pack. Yeah. Fanny That's pack. That's the fanny pack. They call it a bum bag in England. Well, because fanny is in England. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly that, right. That's pussy. So now I know. Bum yeah. bag, fanny pack, festival bag, Ugh. rave bag. No, but if it's a festival bag, does it have like fringe and... Ch- shells some of them i feel like that what i what i the pattern that i saw emerging was that a festival bag as if it was sort of notated as that primarily it was more kind of fringy kind of more like look at this andean pat look at this pendleton indian fabric we've turned into a bag which some of them were pretty cute and then you have like (laughs) the rave bag most of which is sequined Mm -hmm. okay and then you have the fanny pack, which mostly falls into like the vintage and or cheeky Japanese fabric, which is what I elected. Of course. So I have I have something coming that sort of has like some sort of, I don't want to say he's either a mountain man or a gnome, but it's some sort of little bearded Small guy person, and know, like okay. cactus, but also trees. Mm. And I think it's like some sort of Japanese fabric because I feel that the name of the fabric is Hello World. I like it. Right? Yeah. So it feels like... So I'm pretty excited about that, but um, but yeah, I, I have not registered. I think I had sort of jokingly said to someone like, "Oh, I wonder what they call a fanny pack in England," but of course they call it a bum bag. Yeah, I went to the first time when I first moved out here. Um, I started my rap battle. I host a rap battle, and um, the beatboxer that I work with used to host these like 
I mean, it was mostly music nights, but it would also be, it was sort of like alt hip hop world yeah. nights. And he invited me to one out in Santa Monica and I went and when I walked in, there was this dude on stage rapping in a full Star Trek The Next Generation suit wow. and a Louis Vuitton fanny pack. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is where yes! I want to be all the time. <laughs> yes, please. Absolutely. What was his style like? If you remember, just like straight up. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was good. It yeah. was good. Very, I remember like really wordy, intricate sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. You are, I mean, you, and I know that you've, certainly this is not your first podcast and you have a podcast, but <laughs> so I don't want to like tax you on, wow, you do a lot of really cool, unique stuff or your oh, interests are rad, you. but that is true Thanks. from my perspective. Um, how, was that something that carried over from when you were younger? Like how did that, how did you get excited about the stuff you got excited about? life history and go oh, uh, what a weird okay. what a weird well, pressure i grew up in richmond virginia and i was mostly like i for most of my schooling mm-hmm. um, yeah, education yeah i was one, i was the only or just one of a handful of white kids in my class and everybody else was black like mm-hmm. we didn't I, like thinking back i'm like there must have been asian people in our town right right but, like that there was just black and white people mostly that's the south you know that's how we do it um but uh yeah and so because of that um i was uh surrounded by black culture a Mm -hmm. lot i was never i was always very aware that i was an other that like i there were some kids who would try to um just adopt that and Mm -hmm. i was like oh they'll call me out if i start to like trying to wear cool clothes and like lingo and and like rap with people they'll be like uh you're a nerd we can tell right, right stop it right so i still looked like a weird little nerdy white girl but i just heard a lot of rap and like to be able to have conversations with my friends like i had to know about that stuff yeah my parents very much were not into it oh yeah what are you what are you do you have siblings yeah i have one sister um and, and how she, does she does she well she's like 10 years older than me so oh, okay so, so she was a child for a kind lot of, of her, but, yeah. but also she was in the same situation and so like when i was really small she's listening to like run dmc mm-hmm. and so i've got that in the house she's also listening to starlet express and les mis and uh-huh. stuff so it's a weird combination of yeah, yeah, yeah. things all kind of swirling around so then when i moved to new york so i, I was always always interested in that um and then when i moved to new york and started doing improv um it was like a challenge that was thrown at us and because i could do it pretty well and like to freestyle or to yeah yeah to freestyle um i could do that pretty any kind of musical improv i was always pretty good at um but the rapping stuff was just more surprising to people yeah oh sure because i'm a white girl suddenly yeah exactly suddenly Um, that becomes a sort of yeah so i would get even more attention about that and even more challenging and so when people challenge me on something when someone's like you can't do that i'm like oh i'll show you i will make i'll drop everything else in my life (laughs) to become good at this thing that some random person told me i wasn't good at right um and it leads me down weird paths Uh but on this one i i it's pretty i think it's been pretty good i feel very conflicted about it because it because of all the cultural appropriation stuff yeah i just think that's also interesting it's funny too because my most recent i think my most recent lady guest was tawny newsom who's an amazing improviser and who's black and so we sort of got into her conversation she was the exact opposite right she was one of the only black kids in the small town that she lived in and so we kind of like got into it and i actually spent what felt like a long time because it's uncomfortable sort of talking about why it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to talk about that stuff and sort of trying to figure out like where does 
Like how subjective all of that is and where you feel you deserve quote unquote to appropriate something or what someone else is going to deem disrespectful, but what you passionately and genuinely love and believe in Mm -hmm. it's fucking complicated. Well, yeah. And I think the, the lines that I've been able to draw for myself are making sure that I I never create something that is an all white interpretation of a black art. So, um, I, I try not to just be like, this is mine. Yay. And get to run with it. Like try to make sure I have really diverse cast in the show that I do. Um, and I try to involve different collaborators that, um, you know, I just, I don't want to interpret something and shut people out. I also, I've never recorded any rap. This is my own stuff. Like I've never recorded rap. I've never tried to make a video. And I feel like maybe that's not, that smart of me and that maybe oh, I should, right like you should ex- yeah. unquote, exploit it more which is again that's the weird yeah. thing is like that's but a thing yeah. on the other hand i'm like does what the world this, need that oh, it's so hard it's yeah. that's hard i think that's hard does that feel more acute in los angeles than it did in a place like new york where because i feel like and and the place i'm coming from is these guys know when I came down from San Francisco, like the difference in my sort of shift in attitude about show business in general was like, there was this sort of cynical thing I did where I, I actually feel like I was saying to people like, I guess I'm selling out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to go audition for commercials for companies I don't believe in. And like, I was very sort of like, I'm a piece of shit, everybody. Whereas when I was in San Francisco, whatever I was doing, because it wasn't my full-time job, somehow felt more meaningful or artistic. And that has since shifted immeasurably because I've been here so long that now I do feel like, yeah, most of the stuff I do, I feel pretty strongly about for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. But that period of time where you sort of go, well, Los Angeles has this this reputation for inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. And then when you take something like that where you're like, oh, fuck, this is a thing I genuinely enjoy that I'm genuinely good at. That I that it does make me unique. So as an artist, don't I deserve to do that? Or is just doing that by the virtue of doing it making me exploiting this thing that's Yeah. Well and I I I, I think that the thing that I don't want to exploit like uh, what uh, another thing that I stay away from is like trying to adopt a point of view or a voice like literally a, a speaking voice right. that I don't have right. right um so that I'm like well I'm good at rhyming I like music I'm I, I'm good at putting those things together um so as long as I'm doing that with my own intent then I'm not exploiting if I'm exploiting anything it's myself it's right. not something someone else built. Right, right. And I think that's the line. Yeah, like if yeah. you exploit yourself and your own talents for something that you believe in, yeah. then great, you win. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um but yeah, it's nice to get paid for things. Once you get a taste for actually doing something fun too that is both terrifying because it is very much of your own essence, if you will, other than, you know, rather than like something that you can kind of blow off like eh, it's a job you know it's a job but i think but um speaking too as somebody that feels like i have never been just the one person you go to who blank because i do different stuff Mm -hmm. um i can see why like also someone 
in the business on the other side, like a manager or an agent would be like, no, Eliza, we want you to be the white rapper comedian. Yeah, that's Stop abs- doing the musical improv because you're doing stand-up now. So now you're a stand-up who yeah. blank. I think I've, very, I've frustrated people a lot yeah. on that, but I'm like, that's, but yeah, that's and I probably I, could have gotten further. too, you but, know? Yeah, but then you wouldn't, I don't know. It's hard. I've definitely had people reach out to me and be like, we're looking for a mom to rap in a Civic commercial. And I'm like, <laughs> nope. Of well, have. it won't be me. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. I just have. absolutely am not going to do that. Yeah. And like we just did, I just produced, uh, I just wrote a rap for my, um, for the TV show I work on uh, and had just like, there's just like a lot of little, at this point, instinctual things that in the production of it, I'm like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll write a rap for you, but I'm not going to let you put grills on everybody, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, and do you feel like that's, that is another piece of this though, right? Is your ability to stand up for yourself and say, this is why I have to set the parameters for this because this really does come from inside of me and I have to really feel as comfortable as is possible with making this choice and you can't make any of these choices. You can't make any of these minor choices, these like adjacent choices for me because that immediately disrupts the balance of whatever it is I'm trying to strike. Yeah, but it, you know, it also isn't totally up to me. So I, I, I make that case have a, for that and yeah, then they're yeah, like, yeah. great, got it. Anyway, everyone put in your grills. <laughs> I'm like... <sighs> Okay, yeah. well, you know what? I made my... Yeah. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they'll get uh-huh. what they'll get. <laughs> <laughs> um, ay, ay, ay. So, um, so going back to being in Virginia and, and the kind of cultural world that you found yourself a part of, when you say your parents were very much sort of like, hold up, hold up, what's going on? Um, what, how, what shape did that take? And, and how was it that you were in public school, I assume, mm-hmm. where you were in the minority? Was that because, for example, I went to a magnet school where whites were very much in the minority to Hispanics, but that was a choice my parents made. It was mm-hmm. like, we got to put her into this, you know, multi-ethnic community. I think that was, I think it was partly a choice that my parents made in that that sense um uh their whole thing they always censored us not on um sexuality or swearing or anything and the, the music listened to and tv shows but on taste like if they thought something was tacky they were like no no there is some classism and racism that they are not aware of that's right. like in infiltrates that do you mind if i ask what they did for a living or if there was oh a- uh, yeah my dad is a documentary filmmaker oh, right um, and his day job was being the head of uh like audio visual i guess for the state department of education so okay, he made all okay. the um all the uh educational films mm-hmm. that we would see and sometimes would come into our schools and be like shooting footage of kids there and i'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> and that's my dad yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like for some short about math that's a new math funny. system that they're doing um and my mom did a bunch of different things she wrote scripts some and she was primarily a fundraiser mm. um but yeah they were both they they're both weird art people my mm-hmm. mom grew up in richmond virginia and like we our family goes all the way back on that side to signers of the declaration of independence oh, wow. technically to pocahontas oh so <laughs> we've probably done terrible things about- <laughs> um, but so my mom was very very virginia very like fancy southern family okay. 
And then she moved to London. At, she dropped out of college, moved to London, met my dad there, and he because and he was some weird poor art guy. Mm-hmm. Brought him back, and so that so she was like the weirdo Southern lady, um, unlike all of her debutante friends. Sure. And so that's the family that we grew up in, and you know, and they had kids like ten years apart. We both, my sister and I, are both like, which one of us is a mistake? We're right, both mistakes, right? right? right, right? We're like right. different types of mistakes. Right. We're definitely mistakes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she's a Broadway actress, and I'm the, I'm a comedian comedian and who does a bunch of weird stuff so yeah it was a very very much they were never they were like we would love it if you would become a lawyer but mm, whatever right. You're, not, right you're clearly not going to well it's interesting to see to, for them to kind of yeah it feels like that's straddling some interesting stuff like having the experience of that particular kind of culture particularly with your mom and then you know your dad sort of being i mean to be a documentary filmmaker, obviously you have to have this sort of natural curiosity about people and sociology and anthropology. And so it feels like to be very grounded, but to also have this sort of sense of what different slices of life are like, life are like depending on what class you're kind of a part of. That would be, yeah, that's that seems like a, you're really kind of walking a fine line. That's exactly what he's into. Like, I remember being like, what's, do you, you really like film? Is that why you did this? And he's like, no, I wanted to travel. And Every time we go anywhere, he's like, like, whoever the the strangest or most unlike him, there is person there is in a, a space. That's who he wants to talk to. Sure, sure, like, sure. What sure. are you eating? What are you doing? What's right. what's your thing? What's this shirt about? Like, so yeah, he's very uh, he, but he'll he'll also be like, Ugh, don't watch. You can't watch. He yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but it's funny. They tell jokes in a cornfield. Yeah. He's like, no, don't. You My dad was that. a snob about television stuff like that too. Like I remember I loved Night Court and he was just like, how dare you love what? Night Court? Oh, don't I love you Night dare. Court. Night I Court's know. the best. I know it's the best. <laughs> I think uh, an early crush on John Larroquette in that show is probably the fundamental seed of so many of my problems. Liza? <laughs> I'm going to have to come out with this. For those of you who have heard me say this, I probably have only said it on maybe my podcast once. I certainly have used it many times with Jimmy Pardo because he used to do the show. Um, I don't think he does it anymore, but it was basically like a uh, tell the truth. Uh, uh More like that. Yeah. Where he would, well, certainly match game was also very fun to do. RIP. But, um, but, uh, but, but but it would be like a weird fact about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, the long and the short of it is, just go ahead and say it so you understand that I would uh, pretend to go to sleep. Well, it came on twice. It came on when I got home from school, and then it would come on very late at night after I was supposed to be asleep. Right. And I would sneak into the den to turn on the television for the second showing of Night Court, which was a different episode than the earlier one, and would, before I got caught, turn it back off, run back into my room, and on my calendar on the wall, I would write the color of suit and tie oh my gosh that john larroquette was wearing oh wow for both shows wow it was like the weirdest ocd thing in the world yep but yeah it was i was completely obsessed with him as a sort of this and that was the same thing for me it was like this sort of like you know like super sexual super sexual horny horny let's use the word horny dude horny dude obsessed with christine's boobs Mm mm-hmm 
but like very funny and just kind of a dick, but also mm-hmm. like you see his vulnerability and, and then I think associated too with like the fact that I wasn't supposed to be watching it. There's mm-hmm. like a whole host yep. of weird sexual shit tied to that. Yep. You're the only other person I've ever talked to who like, I really, really is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Night court I was got at, it. That checks the boxes. I was at work one time and like casually mentioned when I was working funny die, like casually mentioned it to some of the other writers and they were like, wait what that you should go to therapy right now that's not who you're supposed to be attracted to and i was like well i didn't know anything i was like five five years old speaking of you can't do anything that you don't put on film how badly now do i want you and i to like make a funny or die short where we (laughs) find john there i almost got him cast in a thing that i wrote there amazing um i was trying to do a series uh, a a, a say yes to the dress parody series Uh uh do you watch the show no i know what it is i definitely know what it is yeah (laughs) well everyone else does so i'll just talk to the (laughs) listeners that's Um, very fair there a lot of times a few times they've had women come in with their dads and it's always so creepy it's always like a lot of like daddy do you like this do you watch the amazing race Mm-mm. I just started rewatching it because I'm obsessed with scavenger hunts and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen like three seasons. I put up two fingers, but I mean three seasons. Uh, and there was one, this sweet girl from this season was doing it with her dad. And it was, the un, I mean, unintentionally one of the creepiest things I've yeah. ever seen. Bless them. Bless them. But it was like, daddy, mm-hmm. I'll never find a man as great as my dad. My daddy loves me special. It was, <laughs> it's like, it, was, it was rough. This is why it you won't rough. ever find a man. Exactly. Okay. Um, so say yes to the dress. But, but yeah, yeah. So, and we were trying to think of like men to play this older part and the producers came back and, and we're like, well, you know, we're hoping for, um, for Kevin Costner or um, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Or right, right, right. It looks like we may have to end up with John Larroquette. So and I was that like, wasn't, shut that didn't mouth. even come from shut you. Up. Yeah. That didn't, I didn't even think oh, of it. But I was like, shit. oh my God, if we yeah. get John Larroquette, they're like, have you seen him recently? I'm like, I don't care. He's yeah, got yeah, it in yeah. him. He has, on, he, he has recurs on something. Yeah, I've something seen, most like of the a, stuff I've seen him do recently, he is like, nice guy. Yeah, He's yeah, like yeah. a nice I wanna older say he was fella. Like, I mean, he definitely was on the West Wing for a second, but I thought he popped up on something recently and I was like, he looks great. Great, yeah. fine. So, eh, anyway. Oh, we gotta, we're going to um, track him down. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we'll be like, who are these crazy ladies? Yeah, he for sure will. He yeah. for sure will. will. be like, ah, I know. Will you kiss my mouth? He'll get it. You know what? He'll <laughs> probably be like, ladies, you are about the thousandth person who's yeah. told me that they their entire sexuality is based on me. Yep. And also Christine. I think I wanted to touch yeah, her boobs as yeah. much as he did. Like, that was part of it, too, is sort of, was, like, understanding the sexual... Like, the sexualizing of women through a horny man's eyes is also, like, a confusing thing. Because then you're like, oh, do I want to look at Playboy because I know boys want to and that in and of itself is exciting to me? Or do I just want to look at boobs because I like boobs? Like, that's a weird question to sort of find yourself. Because you're also not asking that when well, you're little. You don't know. When you... Like, I mean, that's the male gaze. When you're growing up, like, if you think sex the image in your head is naked lady yeah and then and i think that screws up women straight women and gay men maybe on so many levels because you're like but i'm not attracted to sex like i know that that's sex but i'm not like i'm not horny for women um so like do i am i not just not that interested in sex when it's like no no no, you're just seeing through this weird male gaze constantly and now as things like start to shift. I think that that's, I think it's really weird how shitty we are about men, like men's bodies. Like uh, I was, I did, 
after I watched the big short and like, I got kind of annoyed with the, um, Margot, uh, what's her name? Robbie scene oh. where she's like, uh, you guys will all love this. I'm like, yeah, I don't. So am I just not in this theater now? Big short, you made right. this whole movie and I'm not here right now. Right, right. Um, and so I left and I was like, if I made a movie and there was a scene where someone knocks on a door and the door opens and there's a naked lady standing there, everybody would be like, wow, wow, wow. And the person opening the door would be like, ooh, hello. Yeah. If you made that scene, you knocked on the door, open the door and there's a naked man standing there, that's an assault. Right. And it's like, oh no, keep your right. assault of a body right. away from people. Right, right, or it's right. it's like, like, women should be... Unless that it's should- like magic mike unless it's like yeah. a hot cop that, there's though. like a sort of chippendales i feel like even that though it's yeah. like yeah and i get the there's a whole economics thing of it like dick is plentiful and you know so so it, it's it's not a treat right um, <laughs> it's like in the same way that sandwiches aren't you can uh-huh. get a sandwich anywhere <laughs> you know it's not a macaron uh-huh. um <laughs> But but that's now but you're I, speaking my language. I, I am medically gluten free, so I'm really oh, responding to what you're saying. See, look at this. This has to do probably with John the Arquette. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's, that's what it is. It really messes up your gut. Disease in my case. Uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, yeah so, I hear you. So I, definitely I feel like there's you. like a like like men because of the, our culture get to be plugged into sexuality in a in a way that it takes women longer to plug in to mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. you're like rerouting yourself right, over straight, all of this specifically stuff. straight man that sort of stuff yeah that you, yeah that you yeah. take for granted let me ask you this now that we're on this uh course uh for better or for worse mm-hmm. tell that the worst part um do you remember the i'm remembering a specific moment in which i saw like actual pornography or like saw naked men in photos rather than just seeing naked women and if you if you what your reaction was to that if you remember because i was i remember being like i remember feeling assaulted oh, like yeah. i don't like not in a i just remember being like oh whoa 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 i don't know if i'm ready for like i'm 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 used to the passivity of like a a, a, a beautiful girl yeah, who by the way in a playboy like doesn't there. even have hard nipples yeah. right she just has beautiful soft everything about her is soft it's soft focus mm-hmm. she's roses. got her you know cheerleading skirt just pulled so, up so you can see she doesn't have with her socks maybe her sneakers yep the pom-pom is like kind of touching her boob but she's got all her clothes pulled up right she doesn't I mean obviously there's plenty of nudity but that's yep. kind of what i picture is the sort of soft like who me mm-hmm. um and then you're a little like in their own cute 80s handwriting like what they like <laughs> just like versus like being at my friend's house in eighth grade and her being like oh yeah my dad has these porno mags and pulling them out and seeing like a dude naked with an erect penis like going towards a woman or whatever that was was like hold on this is totally different yeah i don't i don't know if i do i remember um like yeah there was definitely a guy in our neighborhood like one of my best friends old uh, her, my best friend's dad's friends they had this thing called like the porch club uh-huh. there were a bunch of rednecks who would just like sit on the porch and drink and they were live right by the park so when we would go to the park we'd be like um we gotta use the bathroom can we use your bathroom and i'm sure they were like yeah we know exactly what's happening right because he had a stack of playboy in, in his bathroom we'd be like oh my god is this and was your friend group male and female would it be boys and girls or just no girls? this is just me and my girl best friend your girl best just friend. the gotcha, two of gotcha, us gotcha, sorry um and um but as far as like pornography because you're right like that was all just girls but it was still like yikes we're not allowed um i remember seeing a hustler at one point and being like well this is a different world right but but i can't even like picture what it was i'm just like that is dirtier right i can tell that is dirtier right but when i was in college like clearly i'd seen dicks by the time i was in college i mean mean, come on you you know like whatever of course (laughs) um 
Oh, actually, well, that uh, this some weirdo in our dorm on our girl floor. One of the girls like got tore up a Playgirl and put up the pictures all over the bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, and so we would like me and my roommate took a couple and would constantly leave them on each other's beds to be like, ew, yuck, right, ew, gross. Right, right. Um, but again, I feel so bad for guys that women's reaction, especially at that point is to be like, ew, gross. Even Whereas, as a, yeah, even yeah. as a, an ostensibly straight, pretty horny straight a, girl. Yeah. yeah. In college. Um, and by the way, for those of you who are younger listeners, I, I will warn you in the uh, intro that there, these, this is a pretty graphic episode. I, I'm, I have to be fairly unapologetic about it, but in the Playgirl, were they last then? No. Well, did they make them? I have no. I have no memory. I know I I've seen Playgirl, but I don't. I couldn't tell you how they show their penises. I think they were. I just remember there was one. Or are they was, like semi fluffed Like are I they? I think like, it's probably semi it's fluffed. I think it's fluffed because I remember there was one that was like a guy behind bars, but his dick wasn't behind bars. Like it was making a break for it. <laughs> And we were like, yikes. <laughs> that was why we thought... One part yeah. of me is still free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we thought that was hilarious. Oh, my. Um, and that's the other question, too, is I wonder... I'm sure that there there have been, like, classes you can take in college about this, but I wonder what the subscription was like... I, first of all, I don't know who subscribed at all. Like, did it land on your doorstep or did you just go to a, a, a book and surrept- I mean, a, a bookstore and surreptitiously buy it? But I wonder how many women were looking at those versus gay men. Yeah. Play girl. Yeah. I don't know who that, because I never, I never actually. I mean, I don't know what that's, it's like not a, that's not a statement on a anything. Whole, it's just, I'm just wondering, you know? Yeah. yeah I never, because I never even saw a whole issue. Like, again, yeah. my experience was it's like, it's not like I ever pages. met someone's mom who, like, yeah. always, you know, who had Playgirl around. I couldn't even tell you where I saw it. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would have been scandalous that no one would have been allowed to that house. That's if right. If there was a mother in town who oh my God. had Playgirls around. That sex fiend. But every father did. Yeah. Or, like, at least Definitely. half of them. Yeah. 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 Um, even if they, I was about to say, even if they weren't that interested, but come on, they were all that interested. Um, <laughs> Reading but, for the yeah. articles is, I think, the uh, term you're looking for. Before then, though, I do remember there was a, I baby, used to babysit for people on our block who had all the cable, which was fascinating to me because we didn't have any of the cable, let alone like HBO, Showtime, oh, all yeah. that stuff. And I remember uh, falling asleep. They would also stay out to like three, four. It was weird. Um, and I started babysitting when the, I was like 13 and the kid was like, two months old mm-hmm. so it was a great situation mm-hmm. um and i remember falling asleep on the couch watching hbo and then waking up and it was a um a sci-fi porn oh sure. like from the 60s which took me a little while to realize also uh-huh. i'm like so these girls came to earth for what <laughs> oh okay so they have to repopulate their planet but have no sperm on theirs um and then Amazing. and they started having sex and i was like oh, what oh my god i can't believe I, i'm not allowed to be but i am still going to watch this <laughs> i am going to continue to watch this bizarre kitschy porn yeah. i hope this isn't burned into my brain in a weird way where this yeah. is all i'm interested can, will in will they know Whatever. is there a way they can know that i watch this can they I don't know want will this it show to be up on their thing. bill yeah. i don't want this to be my thing for the rest of my life and it's yeah. not don't worry yeah um but yeah so i think that was the first porn i ever watched but i don't even know if it counts as porn it was like like soft core sort yeah of, yeah it was a bunch of horny space ladies yeah was it does it was it funny was there like an element of comedy like an intentional comedy because you know some softcore now is like intentionally very goofy probably but at the time i would not have recognized it yeah. i was just like ah what's happening right now ah, i can't believe this that um yeah that 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 other that again that feeling of babysitting like i feel so be- and i'm sure it's because i was a teenager and every memory i have from teenagerhood is like emblazoned somehow and branded in my brain in a different way than other stuff but um 
that feeling of like being at someone else's home, like dropped into someone else's life. And then you're the kid that you're babysitting or the kids are asleep and you're welcome to have whatever you want in the fridge and watch whatever you want is like a very specific feeling of privilege that feels somehow like this should be wrong, but it's not. But I still feel we- like they said I could eat anything, but I still feel weird eating six Oreos. Like, I don't think that's what they meant. They probably meant eat two Oreos, but I don't know. But it kind of feels good to eat six, even though I'm not supposed to. And maybe because I'm not supposed to. Yeah. It was suddenly having this freedom that you don't have in your own house. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and experience just the strangeness of like, what do they have? Like, I totally would open drawers. Absolutely. I love you people I babysat for and I didn't steal from you or anything no, like but that. We but the, all the, ex- your the adrenaline curiosity of like, mm-hmm. how do these people live? This is this. like you said this dad isn't like my dad this mom is nothing like my mom like that's very interesting to a young person and it also feels powerful to be able to like open a drawer and be like i can touch your lighter yeah touch 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 absolutely touch touch touch." yeah and i always think of that i don't have kids but i always think like god when i have kids i'm i'm so connected to that feeling i i have to be okay like i'm i would have to go into it feeling totally comfortable with like i know this person is gonna like try to root out every secret I have mm-hmm. just not even it's not a bad mm-hmm. kid but you're curious nope I don't know how I feel about that yeah unless it's locked they will open it yeah and I just have I mean I feel the same way like I have someone coming in and clean my house sometimes yeah um oh god I'm disgusting <laughs> I'm a disgusting classist person um but uh same thing where I'm like I'm just going to assume and you know, they're very nice people yeah. and I'm sure they're not you know but I just assume that they will open everything and touch yeah. everything yeah. and I'm just like well so 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 they know they know what I own. Yeah. They know yeah. where I keep my vibrator. Yeah. And that I have one. And yeah. well, oh well. Exactly. Whatever. Live proud. Yeah, exactly. I got no shame. Did I give you and did I give a little thrill? Yeah. Uh, all right. They, I've had yeah. my share of thrills. I guess I owe you a few. <laughs> yeah. Um let me ask you this, and uh uh I hope that this isn't a taboo territory, but it in in the world that in which you were growing up and the stuff you were exposed to, number one, did you date at all when you were in high school if you were a self described nerd? And number two, was there a racial crossover? Because even within those kinds of communities, sometimes there's still like no interracial dating. There really there was I didn't. I didn't and there was a little bit, but with those the people who, when I was in high school, were in interracial relationships were like celebrities. Yeah. Um, also because it was always like the hottest of each. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do know. The hottest white person, the hottest black person they were dating were like, well, that makes sense. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Where good looks transcend <laughs> yeah. what's taboo or what still might be like, ooh la la, what's yeah. going on? That's hilarious. I didn't date until the very end of high school um, because, yeah, I was such a I was such a nerd and I skipped. I started school early and then skipped eighth grade. So I was like two years younger than everybody. Oh, wow. And... Was that just, and how did that happen for you? You just tested out of it? Like, yeah. at what point did you, when you were in, like, did they start you in eighth grade? Or at the end no. of seventh grade, they were like, honestly, the end you of seventh grade. Right time. Yeah, That's because a big I, was, deal. I was a grade ahead in most classes and two grades ahead in my math classes. So by eighth grade, they didn't have an, an advanced enough class for me. This sounds so obnoxious. They didn't have an advanced enough class. So like, I would have had to bus to a different school. Fucking, why is that obnoxious? Like, side note. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that you're being modest, and I understand modesty because I feel shame about many things that I'm good at, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which I can't even say that I'm good at. I have to qualify at the end, like, guess. or whatever. <laughs> um, but also, how fucking great. You're super smart in math and many other things, and I don't think that, you know, I mean, like, yeah. I don't... 
that's tough. Modesty is another really tricky thing, especially when you're talking about your past, like your modest mm-hmm. past. Like at what point do you, is there a statute of limitations afterwards you can say, by the way, I don't even do math anymore, but I fucking ruled at math. Well, I mean, I think a lot of that also I did, I have learned because I used to be more like, yeah, so I skipped a couple grades and people are like, oh, okay, well, look at you. And so I'm like, yeah. well, so the thing that I, the, that I am disappointed in, but it's the social skills that I, that I have, adopted i'll take care of your feelings i'll take care of your sudden insecurity not not i'm looking at you but i don't mean you i don't think you were doing that but like i'll take care of your feelings that you're suddenly like think that i'm worried that i that i I think i'm better than you or you're worried that like you didn't do good enough that you should have been able to do that too like yeah so yeah i know it's obnoxious it's not a cool thing yeah um but yeah it's hard though because it's like you know that because you're modest about it but like if i were you know a 15 year old girl listening to you and i was great at math wouldn't it be better for me to hear you say like i'm really actually very proud of myself it's kind of unusual it shouldn't be unusual but it is and you know i really i'm very proud of that like for that girl to be like hey rather than Oh no, she's like seems embarrassed about how smart she no, was. You're Do you right. know what I mean? You're right. It's yeah. tricky, um, but I feel the same way. Again, I am uh, to take care of your feelings. Yeah. In no way saying that I'm the one who's like listen, everybody. You know, I feel great about this, loud and proud. I think um, uh, t- my friend Ingrid uh, that I d- did the podcast with, she's British, and we spent a tremendous amount of time talking about how also this sort of sexism of apology like that that just Mm -hmm. feels like still a thing that women have to do more of yeah and i think it's about monitoring other people's feelings um and deferring to other people's feelings and are are they okay with this is this all right by them and yeah we don't get that back from it's not something as you said that everyone does it's something women do um but and it's also a comedy thing uh, for me, I don't know. I some so many of my experiences. I'm like, is this what people do or what comedy people do? Great question. Um, great question. Great question. And I know that comedians will make fun of me every time they hear about it, and that's yeah. who I'm usually around. So yeah. I try to like cut it off at the past. That's also where comedy comes from. A lot of times, yeah, learning yeah. how to cut people off at the past, and be like, this is what you're going to make yeah. fun of. And I'm sure you. I mean, I'm sure that's because and that, and and those are the most fun comedians for me to listen to aren't the people shitting on everybody else or if they're shitting on other people, they're shitting on themselves at least as much so that you would have jokes about, you know, well, I was great at math. And by the way, that meant I was terrible at blah, 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 blah. And that sort of creates this balance where it's like, you get to talk about this thing you achieved, but you also are saying, don't worry, I'm not better than you. Yeah. If anything, I'm worse. Yeah. And a thing and as I said it's sort of a thing that I've learned to do because when I was younger I didn't do that so when I was skipping grade I'm like yay I'm skipping a grade I'm out of here because I'm smart guys Uh uh and (laughs) they were and everybody was like yuck we don't like that and so I had to learn because people like you know people are jerks in middle school yeah they they used to be yeah they're not anymore were Um, you the kid who did just raise your you always knew the answer absolutely someone except maybe someone other than eliza answer this yep i didn't get any like that too but the stuff i liked and the stuff i didn't like i was like checked out beyond checked out i didn't get like any social radio signals everything was logic for me so things that were like oh you should detect by now that you need to dial it down a little bit or you need to, or these or people feel more comfortable when you do X, Y, and Z. I, 
it didn't do any of that for mm. me. I mean, it's making me sound autistic, but maybe that's a question knows? too. Knows? Though maybe that's what's interesting becomes that then here now with like the way that we don't label some things, but we do over label others. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely think everyone, including me, thinks to themselves, "Oh, this is the way children now are described as being quote unquote on the spectrum." Yeah, but I'm. But also, when is it just like socially? You're socially inept for one reason or another. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know I what do that think, line is. I do think it was more line. social ineptness because like. I am very sensitive in some ways, but what overrode that for me for a long time was, well, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to not raise my hand. I shouldn't have to not do this. I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to slow down because these people can't go as fast. So I would just do it. And then, because I just kind of didn't respect... social rules that did nothing but take care of other yeah. people's feelings. It's interesting because that's almost like what a homeschool kid talks about, like kids who were homeschooled all the way up till high school that sort of, they just don't understand. They honestly don't understand. It's not about, you know, their brain chemistry. It's just about how they were socialized. They don't understand that, that it feels weird not to be the center of the universe in terms of your education and be mm-hmm. like, well, I don't, why should I? Yeah. I know the answer. And it also, like, it was tough enough in high school and socially, but it also became tough in a way that I didn't understand for literally a decade when I went into improv. Um, transitioning from improv into stand-up made my life so much more comfortable. Interesting. Because you're doing the same thing with improv. You are, you're deferring to a group. Um, and I... I think very quickly yeah, and it didn't always win me friends. And again, that makes it sound like I'm like, I'm so great, but being in, but in stand up, you're just you on stage. Your show is your show. How the people before you did and how the people before you after is up to them. Yeah. So afterwards, when you come off stage, you can all be like, hey, that was great. This is fun. How's yeah, your dog? Yeah. Da, da, da. Instead of people feeling like everything was affected you by know everybody what? That's else. That's so interesting. You, that's so interesting to me because I shied away from and still feel other than that my version of... Eliza, you should become a white female rapper. And that alone <laughs> is, Janet, why don't you do stand-up? You do everything else. In, um, in that I've gotten that message over and over, beyond the feeling of like, maybe I should have, for that reason alone, mm-hmm. I really have never felt like doing stand-up, ever. But for, but for the opposite, like, what makes it comfortable to you is, to me, that sounds more competitive. It sounds more like, uh, it was me and me alone. Your set was not as good as mine. Your set was better than mine. I'm not comfortable with you. You know what I mean? Versus with an improv team that I can walk off stage going like, God, you had some great moments. And I, yeah, I had some okay moments. And like, thank God you pulled me out of that thing that I felt weird about. Or And I will definitely say like, did I cut you off too soon? You know, so I do worry about that stuff. But to me, it is so much less scary than, and so much less competitive than the idea of like, it's you and then it's this person, this person. And like, you know? Yeah, I totally do. And I know a lot of people have, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. That's just like kind of how it shook out for me. Yeah. And I just, I think that's really cool. I mean, I like hearing, I think I like hearing the sort of like nothing is for everyone kind of thing of like figuring out because it strengthens your own result. Like, Oh, okay. Well, God, when Eliza said that I felt the opposite. So maybe I'm right to have not wanted to just, you know? Yeah. And it also really depends on who is in your search. I think so much of our, impression of ourselves and the world and everything really depends on like those eight people right around you. Absolutely. And absolutely. Great point. And I think we kind of forget about that or, or maybe, maybe it's a woman thing. Maybe it's an everybody thing that you take it on yourself and you're like, well, it should be no matter what I can, I can find a way for this to be nice. I can find a way for this to be better. I can find a way for this to work out. But sometimes it's like, well, these people just don't jam with you. Yeah. Um, and the, 
people that I'm so so the people I've surrounded myself with in stand up are all it's also very different here versus New York mm-hmm. because there are so many opportunities in LA. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like your opportunities are contingent on someone else. Right. Um, and when I, I started, I, I did a little bit of stand up in New York, but really started harder out here. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't feel any competition from other standups. Cause I felt like, well, we're each, Sp- spread out doing our yeah. own things and these stand-up shows are a nice time where we get to get together and hear each other's stuff and yeah like, oh that's cool that w- what you're doing yeah and then go off and go on our own thing um but yeah so it, I've, I've i mean that's that a great point like, i'm people. just thinking you're absolutely right in the sense that if i think about seeing a show that for example you janine and aparna are all on i would never think like oh those ladies are you know what i mean yeah, no and i think you're right if you all. if there's a person that we're in whatever community we're a part of, whatever that means at any given time, of course there are going to be maybe one or two people that you're like, "Eh, not my cup of tea. Like I don't, I don't feel as comfortable with this person. I feel like maybe there's something going on. They don't like me or they Mm -hmm. don't like anyone else or that, you know, there's something happening, but that's not the person that I'm going to look to, to try to win. And I think that's Mm -hmm. goes back to what you were saying about, um, where our stubbornness kicks in and sort of like when the one person says like, I don't know if you can do this when is it okay to push that to push it forward because that is something that becomes very important for itself versus like when is it that person I think as I've gotten older that one person saying I don't know if you can do that it actually it doesn't really push me as much anymore because I spend a lot more time thinking like do I care what you think yeah me too and I you think know? that that's so, su- it's such a relief such a, yeah I think that's a, a a great important part of growing up to be able to shed that and be like I'm going to spend time trying to really hear my own voice in my head and listen to what it is I'm interested in doing and I want to do. Yeah. Um, whether it's people telling me not to do things or people telling me, oh, that's so good. Oh, Janet, you should do stand up. You'd be so good at it. Go do yeah. stand up. You should be good at it. Yeah. I don't really want to. I don't want to. I'm not yeah. going to do it. And because we only have so much energy, let alone so much time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So yeah, put your energy in the stuff that you like and that feels right to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you when you were in high school? Did you do? Because I know you were mentioning your. I, obviously, you do the improvised musical stuff, um, uh, which is independent at times from anything like rap and hip hop related. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were talking about your sister listening to Les Mis and mm-hmm. also Run DMC. Do you? Did you have that? Did you get that influence as well? Like when you were in high school, were you into musical theater? Were you in theater? What- yeah, I was into. Um, I I started doing musical theater when I was pretty small when I was like six because my sister um, started when she was in a teenager and she was, uh, she was very quickly known around our hometown. And so when people were like, Oh, well we need a little kid for this. Doesn't that kid have a younger kid? Right. right. She knows. Yeah. And so I, uh, uh, I kind of got pulled into the world that way. And I also knew all the grown ups in that world mm-hmm. from you know, being babysat at the back of theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, oh, yeah, because your mom and your sister, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and so I, so w- once I was in high school, I actually kind of pulled away from it a little bit and was like, I, I stopped valuing um, acting. The it felt so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about like feelings, and also it's about accepting the fact that you want attention. 
if you want, if you're acting, you have to kind of be okay with the fact that you're like, I want people to look at me and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are so many messages that are like, no, don't be showy. Don't be. So I bought into it and got into technical theater, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. got into lighting design, got into set design, got into costume design. Um, I interned at a lot of different theaters and learned all that stuff. And I'm really glad that I learned all that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I think when I look back at the stuff that I was sort of begrudging about taking it as a theater major, and I've said this before, but there are so many things there that I really walked away thinking like, the, the, the amount of times that I celebrate the fact that I know how to weld are far superior to the amount of times I think about being on stage in college. Like, yeah. far more yeah, do I think. Like, that you wouldn't hey, expect listen, it. yeah. Yeah. So agreed, but. Um, and the best class I ever took in my life that like taught me how to learn things and taught me how to work on things was my costume design class mm-hmm. in college that I, I didn't know. I was, again, I was a smart kid, but I did not know. I never knew how to study. I never knew how to take a set of knowledge from something small and build on it and get smart at something, yeah. you know, or, or, or pull, see a, a project through. That's the, the trickiest part about being naturally gifted at certain things. And I've talked about this before, certainly talked about it with Aisha Tyler. Cause her whole thing is like, fail, 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 mm-hmm. keep failing, keep failing, whatever you do, which is also very easy to say when you're hugely successful, which she is, but also like, that's a that's a a humbling thing to be able to admit, which is, oh, I strayed away from the stuff I wasn't naturally good at mm-hmm. because I didn't have to work at it and I was didn't feel good and terrible at most things when I started them and I, I hated that feeling of shame and I just didn't I didn't grow, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. I totally get it. Yeah. So I had and this, costume was something yeah. like that for you. Yes, yeah, sewing was a I just had a really Well, and I had a really great teacher who who did, like saw me saw all, all the students she would like see us and not and and judge us but not judge us like mm-hmm. be like i see what you're I doing your number, kid. yeah um i i don't think there's anything wrong with you because of this because of this number that i have yeah. of yours yeah but yeah you're doing this you're you're mm-hmm. you're you're not t- handing things in or you half-assed this or whatever so come on do it again and totally had a teacher like that also yeah. was like my directing slash playwriting teacher who was just like you live inside your head mm-hmm there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to try to get you to flex other muscles. Yeah. Like stop leaning on this. Stop leaning on this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just learned how to be, be a little bit better, better uh-huh. stuff than that. <laughs> um, and it's not something that I pursued at all. Costume yeah. design. Um, at when the did, time. So when you, when you moved to New York, was that kind of when you, or when did you go to when, college in New York? No. Okay. When I moved to New York, I thought that I wanted to be either a talent agent or a puppeteer. Wonderful. You know, like like so many people flood into New York yeah. thinking every day yeah. um, because I knew how to be around actors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be an actor, but I know how to deal with them. So talent agent, that seems like that would make a lot of sense. Also, I love puppets. Never figured out how to break into puppetry. Yeah. Still have can still do that, you and me together. Yeah, I hope I so. Some, I would love to. I've taken some private... Uh, really? ...in the Henson people because there was a point here where I was like... I guess I'm going to give everything up and just work for the Henson Company. Yeah. Uh, because of Puppet Up, which is mm-hmm. yep, yep, Puppet Up and um, And now having taken those lessons, I have even more. I didn't even know it was possible for me to have more respect for people like Colleen Smith, who I've on the podcast, people who are just doing, by the way, can do that and do a million other things. But to me, it would have had to become full-time because it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard yeah. on your body. It's yep. hard. You know, it's just technically, yeah. it's so hard. Yeah tremendous respect but i do love puppets also yeah all right um so that or or yeah so uh the talent agent i was an agent's assistant for four months and probably about all it took 
It was horrible. It was also my first job though. Like I look back on it as being a nightmare, but your first job, especially your first grown up job is so hard. You're not used to having to be in that world, having to, to, especially if it's like a businessy thing where like you have to look a certain way every day. You have to be at work every day. It's not like it'll show up on your report card and then you have to deal with it. It's you get fired. Like you, it, 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 you know, so yeah, I hated it. I cried a whole lot. I started like losing my hair. I was like so stressed out because also the world of being a talent agent is, especially in New York, I think all of the um, entertainment fields in New York are just harder because there's because it's hard to live in New York and because there's not as much opportunity. So they're struggling really hard for 10% of someone else's or 10% of 10 other people's stuff. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think it sounds tremendously stressful, Yeah, tremendously stressful. And I was getting paid so little. I had to have a side job to make my rent. So I worked at an, at a hotel. I was a, an operator at a hotel. And so when I quit, um, I just went full time at the hotel because it was like lovely being Mm -hmm. there. Hotels. I'd always loved hotels. Everybody does. You walk in, it's, everything's clean. Right. It's so pretty. Right. Smiling. It's nice. Ooh, there's a neat chair there. Uh I want to sit in that (laughs) chair later. Like it's, oh, this is great. Um, and so I worked at a hotel for a while and then, um, after a while was like, Oh, I'm paying a lot of money to live in New York and work at a hotel. I could do that anywhere. I have to do something that I could only do in New York. So I went yeah. back to improv, which I had done in college. I'd just fallen into it in college. Um, and I fell into it again in New York where I auditioned and they, or I took a class and they just put me in the touring company. Um, and then I did that for a while. And then I also like the, that's uh, more of the, like doing well at things and feeling apologetic about it. I, because I have special skills in it because I can do music because I can, I, I, I can compose on the spot. Um, can compose, not can pose. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I bet you could probably pose. If you I moved up very to. quickly through the improv world, which was a very, it is even more competitive now, but was very competitive at the time. Yeah. Um, and before being, before taking classes anywhere, I was already on main stage shows. Um, and people did not love that. That did right, not right. give me a lot of pals. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I see that. Sure. So, yeah. Um, and then when I was taking classes, people would be like, aren't you on the show on Friday night here? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. So zip. zip yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. hard. That's really hard. I think again, it goes to the whole sort of, I mean, that's tough because that's even with an improv, that's you're still looking at uh, a bunch of people who all want to feel special mm-hmm. and it's understandable. It's understandable that they would feel that way. But it, that again kind of goes to not com- like, how impossible it is not to compare yourself to other people, but at the same time to, for someone to have the presence of mind to go, you know what? I can't focus on whether Eliza is doing this show on Friday night because the time I'm spending being envious of that is time. I should be improvising in this room, in this space right now. Her path is not my path. I need to just put it in for me, you know, mm-hmm. and that continues to happen, right? Where you, you know, you're going along and doing your thing and someone gets plucked out and put on this big thing and suddenly they're the most famous person in the world. And that's can eat you up and it shouldn't and it can't, you know what I mean? It can, but it it, it can't or you will die on some level. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that, and that happens. What are you going to do? Go, you know what I, I, you know what I can't, I'm going to go ahead and defer this until two years from now when I feel like other people will think I'm more deserving of it. That's what, who's going to do that? Any of those people who were angry wish they were you. 
Yeah. And and it, it I don't know how angry they were also. I mean, uh, maybe they were, envious. but like, it just felt like it didn't win me fr- it didn't make yeah. them like me. I, I think it's envy. I think they couldn't push past their envy and yeah. it's totally understandable. Yeah. Um and it I think I did fall into that for a long time. I would be like, "Okay, well, never mind. I don't have to but like I feel and it gave me a feeling of like not like I don't know how much I chose for a long time. I felt like I kind of fell into things. Mm-hmm. Like anytime there was something mus- musical at the UCB, it would be me. And then people started rolling their eyes at that and be like, it's musical. I guess it's going to be Eliza. Right. And I would be like, well, it doesn't have to be. Maybe I'll just, you know what? I'm too busy guys. I'm not going to do this. Right. And now looking back, I'm like, Oh, that's when I should have really been trimming who I, whose opinions I cared about yeah. in my life and yeah. not really worried about it and been like, that's okay. You can feel bad about me and have a good weekend doing that. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. keep doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and at a certain point I will be doing something so successfully that I won't have time to be in the musicals and then someone else can be in them and yeah. then that will just be that and that's definitely happened too i i think i think it's just it's tough to get okay with the idea that some people are not going to like you um and that's okay and sometimes it's because you look like some mean girl from their third grade class sure. and sometimes it's because you're good at something that they're not good at and yeah. those are all things that we all feel so it yeah. shouldn't be an, a terrifying feeling to recognize it in someone else but it is yeah um and i think the more that you can the more that i got okay with that and was like farewell ship (laughs) go off into that night person who doesn't like me yeah yeah i'm not holding it against you but i also don't want you around me because it's not good for me absolutely um the better for me i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more uh this is flown by i can't believe uh how fast this has gone by that's a good sign um but i do want to do this mash game with you so let me start out by saying uh okay so for for the first category let's do um you are uh, in a, a new musical okay. that is, uh, give me three, since it's MASH, three new musicals uh, that are about something that would be fun for you, either to make fun of or something to, you know, but not like necessarily totally, like, like... ones that don't exist. Yeah, okay, ideally, okay. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Okay, dogs. Great. Um, roller skating. Great. Uh, Pocahontas. Right. Oh, that's three. You got it. There you go. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, next category is, uh, let's do vacation home, but it doesn't have to be in a realistic place. It could be either a fictional place or just a place that is unrealistic because it's at the bottom of the ocean or what have you. Am I giving locations or types of homes? Three and just locations. Okay. Because we'll end up with mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, 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 mm, uh, a jungle. Wonderful. Now, have you seen the new Jungle Book? No. I heard it's great. I, I haven't seen it. I had to too. I always had a problem connecting with this, uh, with the Disney movies that were boy movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of letting myself feel that now. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. used to feel guilty and be like, come on, like the Jungle Book more. But I'm like, right. eh, it's a boy. He's doing boy stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm think the, okay the, 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 the only thing that would um, overpower that is like if you love animals. Do you know what I mean? I like, yeah. Animals, if, you, if, you, the, if you're well, like, oh, I really want to see this, these characters. Like, I remember being so obsessed with a panther that I was like not yeah. even thinking about Mowgli. See, for me, it was like, this is a bunch of boy animals too. Yeah. They're all talking boy stuff. Yeah, you're right. Where, where's, where's the animal? No, that's you're like, absolutely right. Let's get pretty. I like yeah. your hair. I would have been like, yes, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and whatever. Uh, so, okay, a jungle. Um, uh, 
Yeah, like I, I do like the idea of a bottom of the ocean sort mm-hmm, of thing, mm-hmm. like a, like undersea. I'll put yeah, undersea, not to be confused with under the sea. And let's pick a specific country that would be good. How about Scotland? Great. I haven't been to Scotland. I feel really very sad about. You that. should do Edinburgh. Yeah, there it's are bananas. Someplace. Yeah, that one feels like I feel too old for that now. Like, I, and I don't mean old, like I'm, I've outgrown it. I honestly mean like I feel too like crotchety. Yeah, it's tough like, on the oh, body. I'm still there. I'm still like trying to get people to show up to my show. When I was there, I was too old for it. We ended up having like 19 year old interns to help. Yeah, hand that, so that that's was what great. I'm talking about well, yeah, I guess that's a good way of doing that. But also just that you're expected to like stay up all night and party. And I'd be like, yeah. mm, for me, how about a nice oh, meal? Absolutely. And then, uh, getting some pajamas in, snuggle yeah. right Let up. Me that's, in. that's my party. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, but I love Scotland. So great. And I'm excited to go. Um, okay. Next one is, uh, let's do, uh, three, let's do three sort of alternate universe careers, which isn't to say that you give up what you're doing now, but there's this sort of alternate reality version of you that is like, you know, alternate person. universe like 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 you, you like oh you're a scuba so not, diver or, okay, oh so you're you not like alien hairstylist or, alien hairstylist absolutely mm, okay um, oh yeah alternate universe <laughs> all the way through to um, aliens yeah. sexy girl aliens who don't have sperm on their planet i <laughs> i wanted to be i did want to be a um i wanted to take cosmetology classes and they wouldn't let me they wouldn't okay. let me parents wouldn't no the schools wouldn't what they were like, that's not for you, which if they meant we don't want to take a space from someone else who we think that this is a better life choice for, yeah. then fair enough. But to just be like, that's not for you. Yeah. Like, that's weird. I, I was a smart tomboy. And so they were like, all you get is smart tomboy stuff. And that's why now I'm like, I want ribbons and dumb yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, I got to get you a sequin fanny pack <laughs> right away. Um, so, yeah, hairstylist. Um, uh <sighs> I would have like some kind of scientist. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for five seconds, I thought about majoring in biology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm putting scientist. I'm leaving. Okay, very scientist. Vague yeah, I'll just have goggles. There you go. <laughs> um, and ooh, what about a perfumier? Wonderful. I make perfumes. Do you remember Wonderful. that Barbie perfume set? Yes. Isn't that crazy that they let that f- they made that yes. for children? Like what parent would be like, yes, mix perfumes in our living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a True. nightmare. I wanted I it so bad. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a friend who had like it was like she had like a super old version that was all dried up and I was like, Oh, we could still do let this. Let me huff it, we let me huff it. Yeah. I can get a little scent out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. God, you're so right. Barbie perfumes. Wow. Um I did have the like old Barbie head, like cosmetology I really that. head that you could put makeup on. Yeah. But again, like immediately cut off all the hair immediately drew permanent marker on whatever like weird adamant makeup i thought was Mm -hmm. appropriate like straight across yeah i didn't have a sense i was like many children in that i don't think i had a sense of like perpetuity of a toy i envy that i had too much Oh, did you? You're oh, like, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, you know what? Let me just don't. Why I don't, don't want to mess it up. Because what? Uh, I'm yeah. still like any choice. I'm like, but then I won't be able to make the other choice if yeah. I make this choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of anxiety. I get that. Uh, uh, okay, next one is um, got to do it. Uh, a food or a drink, something that uh, is not great uh, on you to have uh, too much of. That in this world you can just be like greedy as fuck and just you know French fries, pizza, as specific as one thing you had one time that you're like, I wish I could just have that at the snap of my fingers. Okay, hamburgers, great. 
um, with a bun and everything. Yeah, <laughs> go crazy. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I live like such a child. I'm like, but I do. I know. <laughs> um, I know. I think I would almost go for like the full Burger King like Whopper Jr. with cheese, chocolate shake, and french fries, now that I'm thinking about Ooh, it. Ooh, yeah. Um, chocolate shake. Oh, yeah. Great. Um, my stomach would just explode. No, my too. I would... I mean, take away all the gluten, and my stomach would still explode. Uh, yeah, I can't do dairy. Can't do Same. gluten. Um, so what else has gluten and dairy? Pizza! <laughs> pizza! Just normal pizza! The perfect magical combination of all the things. Fantastic. Um, okay, next category is, uh, let's say, um, three uh, musical artists um, that for one reason or another you probably won't get the chance to perform with, but uh, could be anyone, could be a band from the 60s, could be uh, Christian Chenoweth. Uh, I'll be very surprised if you say that, but uh, could be, you know, anybody. Could be David Bowie, whoever. Could be rapper, whoever. Prince. Great. Beyonce. Um, TLC. Oh, great. Um, okay. Next category is, uh, listen, it's mash. I got to get to your sexual or romantic interest. Okay. Uh, three, uh, gentlemen or ladies, if you prefer, uh, or mix, uh, that, um, uh, you know, it can be like even just someone's character in a movie, some, you know, something like that. If you're mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested in Benedict Cumberbatch, I realize that my crush is on Sherlock, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like for you three. Uh, Channing Tatum. Great. Morris Chestnut. Great. And uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. There you go. There you go. All of a sudden, he's in everything as just like a normal person. It's yeah, so boo, interesting. Stop it. Just I don't out like of that. nowhere. He's no. just this young, blonde yeah. whippersnapper who's like... Where's that evil at? I know, right? Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, next one is let's do uh, let's do weird magical pets. Uh, it could also just be like a Kodiak bear is not a great pet, but in this okay. universe it is. A snake advisor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Couldn't have had that more ready to go. Yep. Great. I know what I want. Great. Um a uh, a, a rabbit that constantly compliments me. Great. Um, and a very small unicorn. Wonderful pocket unicorn. Yes, exactly. Like a pocket chihuahua unicorn, size. Immediate bad improv troop name. <laughs> uh, perfect. Um, okay, and then what am I forgetting? I'm going to go back to the well on this one that uh, a listener suggested long ago that I still enjoy, which is um, something you get to do again for the first time, either to get a do over, right? Mm Because you wonder like, oh, could I have made a different choice or now I can't unmake that choice? Or it could be something that you just love so much that to be able to experience it fresh, totally unknown to you for the first time. Okay. Could um, be an experience, could be a book, could be a song you hear, could be a person you have sex with, anything, whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. this is a tough one. I feel like this is one you don't want to mess up. Well, you know, I love that this is about making, uh, un- making, See? making choices. The thing. And, I'm like, the, oh, no. and it's your last oh, category. No, no pressure. Oh, no. Um, it is the last and final category. Uh, okay. I uh, know I have so many regrets. Which one to pick? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, let's see. I, um, I would mm, do something for the first time again. Um, see, I feel like I, I'm so bad at things the first... Oh, but I could go back and I would be as good as yeah, I am now yeah. at on <laughs> stand-up. Um, okay. Man, to start stand-up six years into stand-up, oh, you'd be God. fucking... I would do murdering. stand-up if I could start at six years in. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, I guess kiss my boyfriend. Great. 
Because now I know how he kisses. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. But it's yeah. not as exciting as not knowing how. Understood. Um, that's the... I mean, you really, that's the kind of boiling down of how to, like, finding ways around keeping a relationship fresh or finding ways to keep it fresh. Yeah. To, to be like, kiss me like you don't kiss me. Yeah. And then, yeah. No, I, I have, I have, uh, yeah, that's uh, something that I'm, I, as a, as a, as a grown ass woman, that's like, I'm asking myself questions that I heretofore, I guess, had not really bothered to ask, like, like what, what you know what what does it take what do i need what would that look like like how does that mean that i need to role play or if it's not that then would it be that this person is mean to me sometimes because there's something yeah. about that that makes me go like i don't want to lose this or i want to flip this and that's sexy or whatever yeah kind of understanding that which i think shows just even just a maturity in wanting longevity like mm-hmm. i think in as a, as a especially as a young person i didn't I didn't think it was possible to like reinvigorate something or, you know what I mean? I was so yeah. ready to be like, well, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? And I think it's also a way of uh, showing each other like you're okay with growing and changing. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we can try this for a little bit. Yeah. And then, like we have this foundation mm-hmm. and, and we earned that. And mm-hmm. now we get to maybe play it yeah. l- a little less safe and see what that looks yeah. like. Cause we can s- always come back to this. And I'm not scared of you being different. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we can be different sometimes. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And then this is your final one. My final, your final oh no, choice Janet, for the entire no. game. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to wake up thinking of better ones. I know you will. Um, That's the nature of mash. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, when Tyler Perry was on our show, I didn't introduce myself. So okay, that. I'll go in and be like, hey. Great. Okay. Great. I mean, that we could rectify tomorrow. I don't know, but listen, <laughs> I feel like that 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 can be corrected. Um, okay, and then now tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to pause this, do a little uh, tabulation, uh, come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Wow, this mm-hmm. is so exciting. It's a big deal. I don't want to say I broke my own record, my own never-before-paid-attention-to record. <laughs> But that was very fast. Uh, okay, listen. I'm very excited about this MASH feature. I think it's terrific. Number one, let me congratulate you. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say, clearly this shows that I have some sort of psychic ability because uh, not only did I think it was possible for you to correct uh, this Tyler Perry situation, it's what you ended up with. Uh, so now okay. I feel certain that like, right, it's going to be even more than just an intro. Great. So I really think he's going to like me. Something good. Something good's coming. And I don't know if it's because he enjoyed so much your work with TLC. Ah. This is great. I think it's entirely possible, if not likely. Um, I don't know if it's because he loved uh, your work in the uh, Eliza Created Musical Dogs. Ooh. Could be called something different. Doesn't have to be a response to cats. Could Everybody's just be about dogs. Like it, though. Everybody. Uh, wonderful. Um, uh, certainly, these are all reasons that Tyler Perry could think that you're awesome. I don't know if you want to invite him to your home in Scotland. Ooh, it's a castle probably. Probably. I don't know. We'll find out. I would say, I mean, listen, you didn't get mansion. You did get house. But at the same time, maybe I live sometimes, in- listen, if you're in a high enough class, people think their house is like their hunting lodge, which is, by the way, a chateau. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do know that it may well be a, a, a mansion of some kind of castle, of some kind, because you have to have this whole wing for uh, all of your uh 
perfumery. Ooh. Um, I smell so good. I know. You smell very good. And also different. You're not afraid to smell different no, from one I day I challenge to the you next. with my sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a song about that in dogs since mm-hmm. the, uh, <laughs> odor is such a huge part of being a dog. Um, I know for sure that it does not concern your tiny unicorn. So good work on that. I'm actually weirdly most envious of your pocket unicorn at this point, but... It probably falls asleep on me a lot. I mean, it probably does. Just curls like, up. Just see it sh- kind of shaking itself mm-hmm. awake. Yep. Is it? Oh, fantastic. Um, that, uh, and then I, the one thing I want to make sure you don't do to your pocket unicorn is crush your unicorn unknowingly while you're making sweet love to Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Yeah! <laughs> Sick. Feels real good. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Eliza, I feel uh, like I just want uh, everyone to check out everything you do, but it's a lot. It's a lot it's of a different lot. stuff um, because you're uh, very multi-talented and Thank wonderful. You, huh? uh, I know that you write, you write on the Late Late I do. show, but um, but what what feels, what, what do you want to tell people that's um, all you? Well, my Twitter is a good way to find right. all the Keep stuff. Keep in touch. At Eliza Skinner. At Eliza Skinner, guys. It's so simple. Yeah. I know you got it in you. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. This is rad. Yeah. Uh, And guys, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.